everybody and welcome to the first episode conversation um, with myself, Naomi Rose and Issei Murphy Morris. <laughs> Sorry, like I forgot the second surname, so it kind of afflicted there. <laughs> I know when I was putting together like the stuff for our like new community page on LinkedIn and it was like Issei Murphy dash Morris. Morris I was like loving this <laughs> <laughs> so exciting and um, but we're here today just literally just to have a conversation and um, and we'll just start by just seeing out how a week was and then we'll probably end up having a conversation about some of the things that we feel need to be discussed in the industry or out of the industry um, and obviously this is kind of brought to you by our new sort of community platform that we're sort of creating to sort of share advice be there to support and create that safe environment for other people to connect learn and sort of grow that sounds so corporate but kind of that sort of environment where we just want people just to feel themselves um, and just to be themselves um, in the industry is there anything else that you want to add to that no, I think you I think you've got it covered really. Um yeah, Damn. I think the key the key thing is that um space to be able to share our stories, um, to know that we're not alone, and to know that when something doesn't feel right, uh that's usually correct. Um, and to kind of get validation from that, I think. Um, there's a lot of practices that are still happening and we have been accepting them for so long because we didn't think we could find another way and we didn't think that we could stand up and say this is not okay mm -hmm. um and even stuff that actually practices that um we weren't aware of and then only through discussion and reflection kind of gone that isn't okay. <laughs> um, and I guess like the, the thing that's kind of at the top of my mind right now is the chat we had earlier this week, Naomi, um, where I had a, uh, an interview for some work mm. and the, I, I made the application and got, you know, invited to interview. And I said to the recruitment team, Oh, can you tell me what the rate is? And they came back and said, uh, no, we don't discuss rate until the interview. And I thought, and I did go back to them. I said, well, I'm preparing for an interview, spending time and effort preparing for an interview. And I'm also spending money and time um, to travel down to the location for the interview and travel back again. H how, you know, knowing how much I'm going to earn is quite a, an important decision here or whether or not this is worth my time. Um, and they came back and I and, and said, uh, oh, well, if you tell us your expectations, we'll tell you if that we might meet it or not. And I didn't, anyway, I can't, they said that. Yeah, they said that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I thought, and do you know what I thought, right? And this is funny, like speaking to you and then speaking to a few friends, um, some one friend being uh, a man who says who basically told me if they don't tell me what the salary range is in the first contact of the first few emails I pull out I'm not even going to be bothered and I love that 
that kind of self-confidence and self-assurance and then I have a friend who's a woman and she's she's a tough cookie and she also said the same thing and she said how and and I, I told her I said you know that um she works in consultancy though she works for um you know kind of one of the big four that kind of type of organization so not kind of excusing it but it's a different industry to the events industry and I said do you know that I have once worked I flew to another place worked there flew back home and still didn't know what I was going to earn. And she thought, how the hell is this happening? And I said, well, I've kind of just grown up in the events industry. And what I kind of learned was that you don't, you know, that sort of asking what your rate is or saying what your rate is or agreeing what the rate is, if travel will be paid, if food will be paid, if accommodation will be paid, long before you even agree to do the job. I never kind of knew about that. And I, I almost felt... Um, ashamed I know almost I did feel ashamed I did feel guilty and so that email correspondence with this recruiter you know if if kind of looking back now I should have just pulled out but I felt like I was ruffling feathers and I was stirring the pot and I was being too much so I decided to not ask anymore and then totter myself down to this interview I mean wow <laughs> Like with all the work that I've done on on accepting myself for who I am and on standing up for what I believe in, I still went through that process. And I guess it's that whole thing with layers, right? You kind of you get down to the next level and mm -hmm. you get faced with another challenge. And so then I do the interview and they're lovely people. And, um, you know, we have a it's, it's you know, good conversation, whatever. At the very end of the interview, they said, oh, yes, we are where you asked about the rate. Um. So we actually, because this is these are new roles, we haven't actually decided what the rate is. And I wish I said at that moment, well, then you might not be able to afford me. But what I said was, that's not, that's fine. It's okay. Like my, my voice went high pitch and I walked out that room and I just thought, I wish I was channeling my inner Beyonce, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, listening to her song earlier, Alien Superstar, nobody in the world can compete with me. Nobody in the world can think like me. And she's right. She's right. She's Beyonce. But nobody in the world can think like me. Nobody in the world can think like you, Naomi. No one in the world can think like you, listener. Nobody in the world can think like, because nobody is you. So why, why am I associating no one in the world is like me with me being cocky or with me being mm. but you know too kind of over the top and I just I I look back on that interview process and the whole time I went through all of that and I just feel like the whole time it was um belittling me I was belittling myself because the recruiter was the one kind of you know they were um I'm trying to find the word like above me like I was lesser than because I you know you know oh, well you're the one who wants the job you know you should be um, you know, you should be grateful for a job. You know, you shouldn't be asking about pay. And yeah. when actually, hold on a second, the only reason I'm working is because I need to feed myself, feed my family, feed, you know, I need to pay my bills. Granted, yes, some of us are working for the fun of it, but generally we, we have jobs because we need to feed ourselves. Um, this whole concept of, um, of not disclosing salary or not disclosing pay to me is, is like a control 
um, a control mm. thing. And it's and to me, it's it's actually incredibly disrespectful of the person's time and effort and skills and experience to not say this is the bracket because then they know you know where where they can kind of reach or not. It's actually highly disrespectful. So yeah, that was that was my experience. And, and I know you um yeah we had a chat about it earlier this week, but I just I can't it's do you know do you know what it absolutely grinds my gears like there's nothing I find more insulting when people first of all don't pay invoices um try and negotiate rates um don't tell you as well like how much what their budget is like etc etc and trying to all this secrecy around pay is so infuriating and the thing is is like um i um i've done my masters in artificial intelligence and data um analytics and i work a lot in the tech industry in terms of like going to different industry events and i'm and i'm very involved in it and they don't ever have this problem. They'll literally happily say on any C, on any job interview or any job application, this is how much we're paying. And if we and if we accept you, here's like a bonus rate. We'll give you an extra 10, 15 grand for signing with us because we appreciate you so much. I'll take, yeah, they'll really they really care about you. And there's and there's this sort of level of um like respect for your profession and your expertise and actually making the effort to come to like job interviews and stuff and in this industry like it's just not a thing it's not a yeah. thing I remember when I first started doing events and I was um <laughs> and I was studying my events management course and I just I I, I was doing like a you know a so many so much volunteering and anyway one of these volunteering events led me to doing a um like led me to being an event manager for this like really exciting um event in Manchester um and I remember um going into university I asked my lecturers I was like oh what should I put my rate down for as like an event manager and they were like oh well it depends on the sort of time the day and it kind of depends on your expertise and your experience, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, so how much would you say? Well, it, it kind of depends on thinking, this is not helping me in terms of understanding like how to put a price together. So then I went to Google, was Googling nowhere. Could I find how much they pay you for like a day rate for like, you know, for going into um going into events so I ended up charging something stupid like 80 pounds an hour no no sorry 80 pounds for a day of work oh my goodness <laughs> and I worked from about 5 a.m till I don't know probably midnight um not including all the other stuff that I did the day like all the other work that I've done before and stuff because I just thought oh well you're just paying for me on the day and stuff so that's all included and I had no knowledge and also I lacked um I lacked self-esteem, confidence. I didn't feel empowered to ask. And also the conversation around money was very like difficult for me. And I always remember that feeling. I remember going to and saying 80 pounds. And then they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's perfect, perfect. And I was thinking, you knew that was so cheap, but you went along with it. You could have been like actually, um, 
you, you know, we, we'd recommend you put in this script because this is, you know, what, what the average usually is when we work with previous people. But there's not that transparency and people aren't honest around, you know, how much they're paying for people. And it really, like, annoys me. But then fast forward to when I started my my own business in social media, social media and stuff. When I first started, I remember I, and again, I lacked confidence, self-esteem, worth and everything like that. And I charge, like, a ridiculous amount for a month's worth, uh, worth of work in terms of, uh, strategy, content creation, scheduling, copy, this and the other, data analytics, measurements, understanding metrics and what works best, what doesn't. Um, I charge something stupid like £120 for like a month of work, like nuts, oh, with, with, week, yeah, with weekly calls. And then luckily I met my like incredible coach and we started working it out. And I was, and I was like, God, like I'm charging, like you know, and I'm working ridiculous amount of time for like what to just pay for like half of my rent. Like, no, thanks. And so then, after a couple of coaching, well, actually, you know, after one coaching call, um, and then put my prices up, um, about three hundred percent like increase. Um, no, probably more probably more and um, and all my clients were happy and I was like why have I been so stressed about paying like asking for money putting my prices up paying what I'm really worth and the the you know what what I what my services deserve for like to because I don't want other people to be like oh you had that conversation about money there's there's that like tension mm. and now now I have set rates and sometimes my rates deviate depending on different clients and stuff but now like if you aren't if you're not going to pay it you can bugger off second of all if you're going to mess around with my invoices like your life is going to be very difficult moving on afterwards because it's so disrespectful Mm. I find it like it's one of the worst things that you can do especially in the current climate like to withhold paying someone and for us and for an amount of time it's so like insulting I just I I I just can't get I just can't get over that but Mm now putting different I put boundaries in place and those boundaries have allowed me to feel confident and they align with my values as well so when I'm asking for more money it's not like it's like well actually this is this is in alignment with my values I want to feel recognized I want to feel valued you know and and that's and that's how it that sort of relates and also I want to live live a fulfilling life as well do you know what I mean as you were saying earlier you don't you don't nobody necessarily works for like the fun of it I mean I do kind of but you wouldn't really work just for like the sake of it so when Mm. people are trying to negotiate your prices down or not tell you how much it is it's like I'm not here for like a giggle and a fun time you know to Mm. look at like fluffy unicorns and rainbows and stuff like (laughs) I'm here to because of um, of my expertise and my talent do you know what I mean it's nuts exactly exactly no and I just that whole like not paying invoices as well um for like especially for like the freelance kind of event professionals that come in the, the ones that come in and rescue the ones that come in and rescue and fill the gap fill the hole I think if you're doing that like come in and rescue thing your rate should be double um I I came in and well this wasn't kind of the freelance event stuff but this was um working on um 
uh, like planning permission or something. And uh, it was a come in and rescue us. We're not getting this approval and we need a, a crowd management plan. And so I went, okay, well, here's my rate. And they were like, oh, well, we're a charity. Can you like half it? And this is once again, this is like me still trying to figure stuff out. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, and then I like dropped everything, did all the work for them and then had to chase them for months for payment. So now, you know if there's any yeah. crisis, like now I'm telling myself now I haven't hit it yet, but if there is any crisis, like I need you to drop this and solve this problem. I think I'd really like my approach to be either pay in full now or pay half now and then we'll do the job because yeah yeah and it's yeah and as you say it sets that standard like if you're if you know if a client's coming to you and they're like oh um well let me rephrase that because you obviously the onus is on them for not paying the invoices and also for the for them also not sharing like what the rates are and stuff but then also upon reflection even for myself like um, you know, I really lacked confidence, self-esteem and worth. So even if they were upfront with me about rates, I probably would have also had imposter syndrome because mm. I wouldn't have wanted to have gone for it. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, I had to do a lot of uh, internal work to be like, actually, how can I negotiate this? And also how can I like step away from this when it, when it doesn't serve me? Because mm -hmm. I do think definitely... The, the you know the industry and the employees and all the different people under it have a responsibility but also we ourselves need to also recognize like we also need to stand up for ourselves 100%. as well and you know and do that work um because it sets a standard you know if you've got some coming to you and you say these are my rates and you come back and they're like oh uh can you have and you come back and saying no these are my rates you know then they're like right she's not she's not budging and stuff and um, and also the same with um invoices as well you know setting that sort of standard I think is I think is important but there's a lot of work that needs to be done and I'm sure we'll go into the sort of um when we had a conversation before around women in the workplace what it's like women coming back after having children and um, menopause trial um as well um what that also looks like women uh, menstruating as well like in the workplace all these different elements actually significantly impact how we show up in the workplace like mm. for example if I was going to have a call with my client and I was going to like be like saying to them right you need to get this invoice paid or actually no you got to pay me on this time there is no point me even trying to do that whilst I'm on my period because the reality is I will break down I will cry I will have anxiety and I will stress and that's just that's just what my body is like with PMDD and stuff that's just what the situation is whereas a week afterwards I will come fighting I will go out to the jungle bring lions and tigers and bears with me and come after you that's that's what it's like <laughs> oh you know I think I'll be very so afraid like, <laughs> exactly so it's like understanding like our bodies as women because they're yeah. so important 
And sometimes, like, I remember when, like, me and my partner, like, we get into an argument, for example, and he'd be like, are you, come, are you like, on your period or something? You sat in your period soon. He'd be like, how dare you say that? How dare you say that and everything? And actually, on reflection, yeah, I was starting my period, and that it was why I was acting like that. Do you know what I mean? But it's this kind of, like, disconnect that we have with our bodies sometimes where, like, we don't want to accept the fact that our... Um, like our bodies uh, impact our hormones impact our moods impact our life and I think it's I just find it so interesting yeah I you're a hundred percent right and just to kind of touch on what you said before um before that um you mentioned about that the industry needs to change but it we have to like make that change because the industry won't change unless we change so we need to set those boundaries ourselves. So we need to learn. And the more the more of us can learn all this and, and set these boundaries and take care of ourselves, well, then the industry has no choice but to shift, but to change. Because as mm-hmm. you said, it's like my rate is my rate. My invoice date is my invoice date. Um, and, and sort of um, listening to your body. So I love saying the body is boss. Um, and actually, yeah. really, what I've learned is the more I can listen to what my body is telling me you know like the ick or the excitement or the butterflies or um you know the sinking feeling it's like my body is the that's what's intelligent my mind is just a processing center like my brain is literally just going this or that this or that this or that the body's going decision (laughs) decision you need to get out of here now you're not safe decision this is an amazing thing for you you should go for it and you know get the spine tingled down your back you know Um, so like with these kind of like what I'm learning is with these jobs coming up is like the job like a job as in an employee job or invoice job whatever kind of work comes up and first of all I just I wait to see like what my body is doing is it going hmm oh this sounds interesting it's like okay well then let's explore it um you know or like I've had you know I've had people um, a lot of the kind of not it's not offers it's like people being like oh I might have some work for you oh I might have this and I can tell straight away like someone goes oh um, I might need someone to to do xyz um, you know would you be interested and my body's like Mm-mm, new way like and then I would go uh, no like not available or thanks so much or you know I can still be respectful to the person um, but my body's just going nope this is not a not a good idea um, so that is definitely one of the um biggest things that I've learned is is to trust trusting my body and to and to not be afraid of just because someone's presenting us with work and yes we might be kind of financially challenged and obviously it depends on what our situation is but it's that it's that holding firm and trusting in ourselves there's no bigger trust in ourselves than to decline something like work when it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. and it always, always, always works out. And yes, it always takes a little bit longer time than I kind of imagine in my head, but it's always almost at that point where I'm like, oh, feck, did I make the right decision? And then something happens and I go, oh, thank God I made that decision because now this amazing thing has just shown up. Um, and, you know, the whole thing about like people paying us well or, or, or um, you know, being respectful in that sort of negotiating process uh, demonstrates the working culture that you're going to be stepping into 
um, very, very quickly, money will tell us if we're being respected or not, or the process around um, agreeing uh, finance will be will be telling us if we're stepping into a world uh, where we're going to be kind of uh, respected as people and respected for for our skills and our experience. Mm. So um, that's kind of another thing that I've learned is to is is to um, see that communication coming through that kind of hidden communication of actually going like this isn't a good idea this is a good idea um and when it comes to the um working out how to charge like it still is I've been working in the events industry for 15 years um is there a set day rate for what for what position for what role it fluctuates and um what someone gave me some really great piece of advice about instead of sort of going this is my rate I mean you could depending obviously everyone's different and some people have all this stuff written out and they know what their rate needs to hit but especially if it's kind of project work or something kind of unique like with what I what I'm doing is kind of a really very strange niche so <laughs> there's no like normal rate for for it you know um so the advice I got was when someone comes to you and says I need your help on this project I can say well what's your budget for the project and then they'll go, you know, X, Y, Z. And then I can go, okay, for that, I can do so many hours. Or for that, I can do so many days. Mm-hmm. Or for that. So actually, it's, I'm almost not saying, I'm not saying no, I'm still being open. But I'm telling you, I'm still sticking with my own personal rate. But I'm saying within your budget, I can give you this, this, or this. And I thought that was a really yeah. clever way of spinning the whole thing. Um, because also... Um, if someone has a low budget, it might be because it it's a low budget event or low budget. You know, not everyone has huge, most people don't have huge budgets. And for the best part of um, things, if someone is wanting to hire a crowd safety consultant or someone, they're wanting to make the event safer. I will always support that. <laughs> I will always yeah. be willing to to want to make do something that I can help make the event safer so when I come from it from that perspective it kind of it takes that sort of like oh, you're not earning enough kind of fear from it you know and it, it kind of opens mm. it up and it goes let's have a conversation where we where we have a win-win situation for all of us um so yeah that's that was like a really lovely piece of advice and it also matches on to the advice I received in the pub many years ago from a recruitment mm-hmm. consultant this lady who told me never state your salary expectations always wait for them to offer you and I was in my mid-20s and I was like nobody ever told me that and I had been given jobs where like you know they offered me on the phone and then they and then they said what's your salary expectation I said it to them on the phone don't ever do that (laughs) no now I know now if I you, know. And if you need to, a bracket, if anything, but you shouldn't ever have to do that. Always wait for them. Cause that's, yeah, because that's why the gender and ethnicity pay gap exists, because of that, because of these people, um, uh, yeah, trying to ask for what pay, because it, it just doesn't make sense lo- logistically, do you know what I mean? Like, Well, not logistically, logically, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that was like a huge piece of like practical advice that I was given was always wait for them to tell you. Um, and this and then this goes back to what I said at the start. It's like, right, well, if you're interested in applying for a job, contact the recruiter and say, what's it pay? And if they go, we're not willing to tell you, then go, mm, maybe this isn't for me then. Yeah, it's so, exactly. It's so simple. It's so simple. 
and it's so it, it's not rocket science it's very simple but why is it taking me so many years to figure it out well do you know what though i think it's because that if if this if this information gets out this advice then the people who are able to profit are able to succeed from these parameters that are in place where people are being sort of exploited or the sort of lack of transparency and honesty and authenticity they thrive in that so I think it's I think it's a very complex situation because you know when you look at you know people on the top you know it's the majority of it is um is men and when it starts to trickle down then you start to see all these different complex things that end up happening this is why the gender pay gap exists this is why the ethnicity pay gap exists this is all the different strands and um, but that's being perpetuated up by people from the top um which i think has such a huge influence and you know you know if there were oh where is it there's this female run cafe that's near where uh, near where um i live and the woman she, who founded it, she employs like local mums and stuff. It's very flexible. It's very like just a nice sort of easygoing place and everything. And the business is extremely successful because they understand how to support people. They have that inclusive environment, and also they work around other people. They have that they have that understanding to be like, oh, actually, this is what this person needs. This is what we can do to support. And then that means that the women who work there are paid, you know, really a really fair wage and stuff, um, and that they also can enjoy their life. And it's like these are the things that, you know, organisations need to start to sort of look at. But I don't know if I don't know. I mean, I think the event industry is is on the way there, um, but I think when we were laughing and chatting about some of the photos that you see from industry events where you know you've got these you know global leaders and stuff all coming together or people like having these um events with you know the top people and it's just like all these men but then when you actually go to events and usually on the ground you see women grafting the absolute you know like um you know grafting and doing the majority of the work and as we said before you know people you know profit off that and stuff and it's it's very it's really it's it's a really interesting sort of dynamic and I think that's why that the industry is really struggling a lot at the moment and what that's why so many women are leaving the industry at particular stages of their life because it only really supports you really kind of when you're young but does it actually because I don't feel supported I was just I was just thinking that I was like oh actually it supports you when you're that age and I thought no actually the amount of discrimination I face because I'm a young person people don't take me seriously in business at all they ask if it's like a um like a university project and stuff and I'm thinking like first of all like fuck off do you know what I mean like go away like don't <laughs> you know it's so insulting um but I I just don't think that there's many sort of stages throughout a women's career in the industry that is supported fuller I don't know what you think. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, the events industry has 
uh, evolved naturally. Um, and the thing is, is that, as you said, it's like if you look at, you know, I walk, I step into any production office on any festival site, it's crammed full of women grafting. Uh, and then I step outside and the the owner of the festival or the head or the director or whatever drives in in their supercar, probably gets stuck in the mud. Uh, and it's a man. And I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm just like, why, why is it always the kind of middle management or the production staff are women? And then it's always men at the top. Mm. Like I, I really, I really struggle to see this structure where it's women. I really, str- I'm really struggling to see that. And Mm. I just looked back on, I came into the events industry, it was thrilling, it was fast, it was exciting, it was, it was, there was just so many different opportunities and, you know, I was cold, wet, tired, but happy and it kept going and it kept going and I was sleeping less and then even when I did fall asleep, I was having nightmares about something going wrong at the event and I was burning out and then I did burn out and then, Mm. then I started the journey of like, taking care of myself like looking after my health looking after my mental health trying to work on you know understanding how we work as humans and how we can work through releasing all of these patterns and stuff and I really then it was like every time I stepped further and further away from the industry and I started looking at it a bit more objectively and I thought hold on this industry is way out of whack it is way out of balance and if we think of balance in terms of yin and yang you know the the um the concept of the duality of masculine energy and feminine energy not attributed to gender at all but masculine energy being so the feminine energy being the the seed the darkness the inspiration like where the source comes from and then the masculine energy going right taking that and then taking action moving it forward going you know so like all there's so many different representations of yin yin and yang so yin being the darkness right because that's where gestation happens uh yang Mm. yang being the light and light as in the sun gives us energy and then we take action so i see this as a very like if you take the dial it's just cranked over to the masculine side um but it's a kind of distorted view of that because it's just relentless and it's go and there's no stop there's no rest and the kind of the feminine energies is that caring that nurturing uh, which we do attribute to a kind of a motherly it's like taking care what has shown up in the industry as a key thing over the last year workforce welfare and people are starting to wake up to it and going this is crazy and mm. it's just really shown me that we were never in balance and it was just you know way over on on, on this kind of masculine side and the the industry that we're in like any kind of working industry was not built for women not built for women or people who go through the process of having children experiencing menopause so it's 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 not built for our bodies uh because when the industry that we know of today was created it was created by men because women didn't work well didn't work as in in jobs women stayed home so yeah it kind of makes sense right if you create something from your vision from your experience you're going to create it for your own experience and you know um, kind of very, uh, very simply, um, I, if I, I'm able-bodied and I build a house, I'll build steps into the house. If I am living or have someone or I'm in a wheelchair, or someone is, is hard of walking, I'm going to build ramps into the house. I'm not going to build steps into the house or I'll build a bungalow. So we, we will create what we have in our sphere of understanding. So if the industry was, if the, um, the way of working, the kind of this working environment 
uh, was created by men. Well, men don't have periods, men don't have babies, uh, men don't have menopause. So they, you know, it's not in their field of vision. So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm not blaming anyone. It's just where we are. <laughs> and now we just need to start working to, like you said, with that, that all women cafe, it's now we need to inject our own way of needing to create flexibility, to create space where we have space for work and space for rest and um, to create ways that we can move around how we work um, as, as how our bodies work and what our needs are um, and create something that is then more diverse and more flexible for everyone with their. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm being binary here, but there are loads of needs. Everyone is completely different and everyone has different requirements and everyone has different accessible requirements and um it's just the more like you said the more we can bring these people to the table of organizing well then the more diverse we diversity we have then the more what comes out of that table of planning you know nights of the round table uh, the more diverse it will naturally be because it's going to be representing what these people see and what they experience and, and how they think and how they perceive things so i mean it's kind of a no-brainer in that sense um but it's also this call to all of us to start to wake up and become aware of this and become aware of a system that is broken and in order to fix it i think we need to just smash it to pieces and now build a whole new system together from scratch from the ground that is far more in balance mm. Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I completely agree with you. And I mean, when I first started doing my socials and stuff and talking about my journey in the events industry, and I was working for this other company, you know, I was waking up at four in the morning, working till like midnight and stuff, you know, and I was proudly, like literally proudly talking about this on socials. I was like, yeah, this is what it's like in the industry. You just got a graph, you got, a, this is what it's like. And I'd also then go on socials and see other people also doing this. And if I talked to other people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, this this industry is stressful. You know, um, it's, it, you can easily get into burnout. Um, but that's just part of the parcel. That's why people love this industry, because of that stressful environment. And we're thinking, I don't know one single person that loves stress. I mean, who wakes up and thinks, do you know what today I want to do? I want to get stressed. No one wants that. Who wants to be stressed? So I find it infuriating when people are like, oh, yeah, this this is what this industry is like. No, it's not. It's what you're making your own work life like. So, for example, I just recently um, signed a contract to work with um, a client for an event later on in the, um, in the year, sort of end of 2023. And I said to her, I was like, look, if I'm going on to create an event, it's it's not going to be how it used to be you know I'm I'm very mindful of not only my own well-being but also how I need to come up and show to work I'm not going to be doing ridiculous hours I'm also not going to be doing ridiculous hours on the day of an event and most importantly the way that the world is changing <clears throat> you know people no longer want to go to a conference from 9am to 5pm people have got a life people also want to have fun you know do people do people really need to stay focused for nine hours or are you better off making a really powerful and impactful one and a half hour event where you've got some great network and you've got some great people to get involved with and get those creative juices flowing where you feel 
where it meets values and people feel empowered. So we've also got to, as event professionals, got to change the structure of talking to our clients, being like, do we really need to do this like long hour uh, conference because it affects the, the morale of our team? Our team then have to take a week off work afterwards to recover from the event, if not longer. Um, a team is stressed, anxiety, all this. We also need to then start to relay that back to our clients and also be like, look, this is how we need to start creating the new modern events. Because with the next gener next generation coming in, we we don't, first of all, we the attention span is very span is very is very small. And then also it it takes a genius to understand how to connect, how to engage, and how to capture. Um, the next generation's um, uh, the, their, their sort of mind and what they want. So there needs to be a new understanding into looking into our our audience and be like, right, this is what people are wanting. Because I don't know any anybody who wants to go and travel, for example, to a conference in London that starts at 9 a.m. when you've got to go through all the crappy, like, rush hour traffic, get there and then sit down and listen to some geezer talking for like an hour long and then you've got to go off and eat you know the majority of the time was like bland boring food and then you've got to then got four other sessions later on taking up you know, with your notepad and pen writing down and then you've got to then trek back later in the day and you're thinking gosh like that was a long day do we really need to do these types of events anymore that don't impact not only the event team but also our audience i think as you said there needs to be this whole restructure and rechange where we need to start to not just say oh yeah we've got well-being things in place in our uh, event company you need to live and breathe it there's no point saying oh yeah we, we do yoga we give free yoga classes or we have like free mental health support if then you're going to create events or an environment that perpetuate that so then you have to then seek support for mental health so that you then have to do yoga because your life is so fucking stressful. It don't make, <laughs> do you know what I mean? When you think about it, like it's not, it's not preventing the actual issue. It's no. just being like, oh yeah, we've got this when things start to fall down. When actually, you know, mental health support should be there um, for you to for you to just check in with your actual mind, not because your life is acting like that. And also, I get it, life gets life gets stressful. We've got personal and professional things that come into play, but it shouldn't be a continual thing that you know you've got to then keep on going back to get support because the workplace is creating that and the same with yoga you should do yoga because you love it because it makes your body feel good not because you're doing it because you've had such a horrible day or you've had been so exhausted that's the only way you can get to sleep and you can uh, chill chill out after a day of work do you know what I mean? There needs to be this new look at how we look at mental health, how we look at well-being, you know, as, you know, in the industry. And that's not even when you start looking at, you know, um, women in the workplace as well. Mm, yeah. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah. And do you know, and it's the, I think it's the, it's the guts to go, we're going to do this conference differently and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna make it different and we're gonna be bring it it's as you it's bringing it more in balance so at the minute it's just very on the action side and actually hold on let's give everyone space to get here let's give everyone a good gap at 
lunch or whatever let's give everyone space to get home so that you you the intensity is kept within the boundaries of of what the capacity that you have and because mm -hmm. stress it's that it's that elongated stress it's that stress that you know we're in our fight or flight and it stays that's what's killing us stress from the 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 um the sense of um fight or flight to escape danger that's great stress uh stress mm. in the sense of um you know diamonds are made under extreme pressure stress in the sense of me being really nervous for teaching my pilates class because it was going to the next level of teaching this many people in person and i was scared and then i did it and it was fine and now i'm at that next level so that's the kind of boundary stress right rather than like a consistent yeah. um stress which is what you're saying it's like put you know the yoga and the mental health is putting a plaster on this consistency when actually hold on we need to look at the reason why your cortisol levels are staying like that oh because your work is incessant and isn't stopping hold on right we need to pull back we need to reduce this we need to create more space of of gaps of rest the feminine mm. before the action and Someone once said to me um, about the fact that the feminine comes before the masculine because the seed has to be there before the tree can grow. <laughs> Inspired action. You have to, it's the inspiration feeds the action and then it's right action. So it's, we, we have to start from a place of rest because it's from a place of rest. We all know it's from a place of rest, from that place of space is where creativity comes. We can't force creativity mm. because once again, it's not creativity is not in the brain. The brain is this or that. The brain is the one zeros. The brain does not create. So we need to provide space for that creativity and we are not giving ourselves space. And from my perspective, when if someone's kind of pointing to us going, you know, uh, like, you know, why, why aren't you working so many hours? Why aren't you working hard? It's because I think they are working so hard. They, they don't want to address it. So they just project it out and take it out on someone else who is doing, yeah. who is taking the rest. So they're jealous that this person is, you know, the whole keying a sports car, right? It's because you're jealous. So instead of, instead of being like, well done, you can afford a sports car, you then go damage it. It's like, instead of saying, well done, you've learned how to establish boundaries and taking rest to look after yourself. So then that you'll be able to be more productive, more creative and make sure that the event is safe because you've had loads of sleep and you knew, you know how to look after yourself and keep everyone safe. They then vilify because they don't want, you know, they, they don't want to address it in themselves. So it's, um, it's also understanding that kind of guilt just perpetuates the whole thing. Um, and I guess to addendum that whole thing of, of safety is this, like you said, um, oh, I've worked 17 hours, I've worked 24 hours. I think that is pathetic. I'm sorry. All you're, all you're telling me by saying that is you are telling me you are now taking dangerous action because if we do not sleep, we die. If we do not sleep, our cognitive ability reduces, severely reduces, and we do not take right action. If we are in positions, if we're, if we're a rigger, a stage manager, a crowd safety <laughs> professional, a steward, and we're making decisions um, with lack of sleep, we are putting, not just ourselves, we are putting other people at risk. That is yeah. dangerous. <laughs> so yeah. so this, this overworking is dangerous. And I really advocate for um, stopping this whole, um, this idea that we, we kind of get a thrill off, off of lack of sleep. Um, 
and I hear a voice in my head saying yeah but you can't do anything about it if we don't start talking about it it's going to keep going that's the whole thing is yeah. like you know only last year I was working an event and I ha- I ended up having one of the nights like two hours sleep. I do not do well my body is not a body that's full of energy my body is a body that needs rest um and I'm good at spurts of energy but not prolonged energy that's how I'm designed and everyone's different some people have huge amounts of energy other people don't okay everyone different so I had two three hours sleep uh felt sick felt physically sick um and then ended up at a at a critical point uh and it was it was something that was kind of a bone of contention between a few organizations and the planning for the event and then it came to fruition and I was emotional I was angry I felt our plan was violated by people in positions of authority and then these two people um then proceeded to be very patronizing to me and I said I'm tired I haven't eaten I haven't had any water because we workforce welfare um and I have to take myself away from the situation because I'm not helping. And I actually delegated to someone else and I left because I was I was useless. But what upset mm-hmm. me was that because I was ended up in that situation, I then was treated patriarchally. I was they were there was these two people who were quite patronizing to me and they were they were in, in positions of authority. And it just made me feel really, really, really rubbish. And I felt like I was worth nothing. And I felt that. Um, and I wasn't making the right decision. If I had had the sleep, I would have totally made different decisions, but I didn't make the right decision. And on top of that, I was emotional and kind of played in, played into, I mean, I've got inverted commas right now. Um, I, I played into that idea of like crazy woman thing. And it just, I just felt like my heart was torn open because here's me advocating for us. And I behaved in a way that was sort of seen as you know what women do in 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 hopefully in all light so what I'm trying to say is sleep (laughs) and (laughs) I I just I really I really hope that people feel like they can feel inspired because I know in my head I'm getting now the kind of commentary of like everything you're saying is unattainable everything you're saying is just lip service because this isn't what happens in the industry and I agree with you which is why mm-hmm. I am talking with you, Naomi. We are having these conversations because we have to change something. And if we don't make the change in ourselves, it's not going to change. We can't expect other people to change. We have to change ourselves. I have to set the exactly. boundaries. No one can make me no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt. Damn. If we feel we're being walked over. We have laid down as a mat. We have to establish the boundaries. So this is why I'm, where's my soapbox? Sorry. <laughs> so this is why our, our conversation, Naomi, and our vision is so important. And yes, it may seem like it's starting with conversation. What's conversation going to do? Inspired action. We can't take action until we have this good grounding and we have to start the conversation because mm-hmm. the more we can talk the more we can create this space where people can feel feel safe to open up and go oh my god I didn't know I could do this I didn't know I could feel like I didn't know it was this was wrong I didn't know this was okay I didn't know I could do this so I I am here to support anyone who wants to learn 
how to establish those boundaries and 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 work in a way that they can feel safe and come to work and enjoy being at work and feel like they've got um boundless opportunities to grow and develop and nurture so that's me off my soapbox <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do you know what I completely agree and even thinking about to um sort of last year in summer when I went to a, a industry event and I got um and, and when I used to go to industry events I, I get very like um sort of stressed before I, I wouldn't necessarily eat a lot I wouldn't really drink and I'd, so I'd be in a state of not panic but apprehension you know I'd be talking to people and I'm not and I'm not um, an introvert I'm not like an introvert extrovert you know when talking to someone I can be extremely like energetic and things like that but it but it also takes me time to get to that sort of point and anyway I was getting really stressed and stuff and didn't have much sleep again um, and anyway I went to this um, industry event and then later on in the day we went to this sort of networking um, event afterwards and anyway long story short I had an incident with um, a fella at the um, at the event where it was you know, I felt extremely uncomfortable um, with what was happening, but because I, and then, and again, I'm not victim blaming at all, but I know in myself that I was very tired. I didn't have the energy. I was exhausted because I didn't eat, I didn't drink, and I was just extremely run down. And I couldn't stand up for myself in that situation. I couldn't be like, mm. you are a piece of shit. Get out of my way and, you know, completely humiliate and just walk away. I couldn't do that because I I, I just, I, I didn't look after myself properly. Um, uh, and again, I do want to say that I'm not victim blaming at all, like, um, because, you know, these people know how to choose vulnerable people when people aren't in the right state um, as well. But I do completely agree with you, like, after, you know, you really got to look after yourselves because it's so important to stand up for yourself in situations. Um, and like, for example, now when I'm going to an industry event, I'll make sure that I you know, have plenty of sleep, that I'll look after myself. And if something does happen at an event, I can stand up for myself. And in that situation, I'll go and say, um, excuse me, don't talk to me like that. Don't treat me like this, X, Y, Z. Um, and I think it's those things that sort of need to be sort of looked after and changed. Um, and also having those, as you said, those right procedures in place and stuff, because, you know, as an industry, that you know this type of like behavior needs to change you know with not just event professionals working but also people being able to yeah I just it, it just it just really needs to change and I just when you were saying that I was like yeah I, I need to <laughs> I need to touch on that <laughs> amen yeah absolutely yeah absolutely literally I know, right? So I feel oh. like we've had a really fruitful conversation yeah. here, gone through so much, so much, um, many different things, and um, you know, we'd really love to invite you to our um LinkedIn page, which is um Meliorum Aventus, and as Ise always says, it's like you're making a spell, which is kind of what we want to do. Actually, we kind of want to put a spell in the industry, I suppose, to make change. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's our new tagline. I love it. Literally. So like, we invite you to come along and join us in this discussion. And also let us know what you think. 
do you agree or do you disagree with us? Because one thing about, I know me and Issa, we are extremely understanding. We also, um, you know, our opinions aren't ride or die. You know, you can also have your understanding, your own experience that you can also come back and say, actually, I disagree with you on this. And it's not a, uh, it's not a, like a, a battle or anything like that, but conversation is how we create change. You know, so we we invite you to also share your own experiences and be involved in this because this is how, and um, yeah, we can create change for everyone in the industry and also kind of beyond as well, just more personally. So please do come on, follow our LinkedIn page, um, and then um, yeah, see see some of the things that we're sharing, different bits of resources, episodes, um, clips our podcast lots of other exciting things will also probably be coming out later on as well yeah thank you so much yeah and uh just to echo Naomi I mean you know everything that I say is from my perspective and I don't know what I don't know and I know that I have bias so I am always willing I'm always open to learn and and learn more the more I can learn the more I can you know, be compassionate and emp empathetic to 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 everyone. So I'm um, I'm always up for learning. And yeah, we're always. This is a conversation. Like, um, this is a conversation, and and we need to. We really need to talk about the serious stuff. So you know, let it out, <laughs> let it out, and exactly. we're we're here to support. Yeah, and and I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn from from everyone. So yeah, uh, I'm so excited. In harmony. Exactly. We can all still live in harmony with different opinions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, as, as Naomi said, follow us on Meliorum Eventus. I've got my little, I need to get a little uh, wand. Yeah, right. We need like a bit of like a Tinkerbell thing. A little thing. Yeah. <laughs> sparkles. I love sparkles. <laughs> exactly um but yeah thank you so much and we'll see you for the next one bye bye, bye.